podcast listeners, and welcome to the May 9th, 2018 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. We're getting heavy doses of liquid sunshine around Hong Kong this week, and the air cons have started up for the summer. Today's story has Erica in a situation that heats up more than she's comfortable with. But before we go there, a big thank you to our listeners, both here in Hong Kong, thanks for the support, and also in Montreal, Canada, San Francisco, USA, and our sister city of Macau. We love bringing our stories across continents and oceans to your ears. May is the month where big things happen at Hong Kong Stories. We have three upcoming shows in May. First is Age of Reckoning on Thursday the 24th, and then there's two of our top-notch shows on the 25th and the 26th. And this year, we're also part of the very first Hong Kong Spoken Word Festival. The festival's packed with spoken word, storytelling, poetry, and comedy. Head on over to our website, hongkongstories.com, to find out more details on individual shows and how you can grab tickets before they're all sold out. If you find all of our storytelling wonderfully inspiring and you feel like giving storytelling a try yourself, come to a workshop where we help you for free find your best story. No need to come with a fully formed story, just a fragment or an idea will do. Our hosts will help you craft your story to be the best it can be. If you cannot make it to a workshop, you can always send us a written version. The stories can be anything at all as long as they're true, and they're short, and you are the main character. We promise to read them all, and our favourites may be read on future podcasts. Find more information on this and how to find the next workshop on hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Today, Erica tells us all the story about her twists and turns to get herself out of a sticky situation. The story was originally told before a live audience at the Fringe Club in our February 2018 live show with the theme of Escape. Here is Erica with her story of attempted escape. After graduating from university, which really actually just consisted of my mother yelling at me at every family event, to my dismay, I found myself agreeing to go to law school. So when I got to law school, I found all of my classmates were mature and focused and driven. I was not. They had their entire lives scheduled out. I barely had a copy of my class schedule. I went to the library once, and that was in the first week for the school tour. So now, in my third year, I find myself barely managing to muddle by. But what I did excel in, which wasn't academics, was student life. And I was the president of a large student group. Now, as a president of a large group, a student group, I was invited to many faculty-filled receptions. So one night for a uh, cocktail party, I borrowed my roommate's cocktail dress, an impossibly tiny dress, but I knew I looked good. And at the event, I saw one of my professors, and I talked to him over one, two, three, I don't know, I lost track somewhere during the night, number of cocktails. But he offered me a chance to co-author a chapter in a book with him. Now, I was elated because somehow he alone was able to see through the mediocrity that I displayed and see my very, very hidden, hidden, true genius. So the next day, I tell my boyfriend about the whole story. But I want to really show him how I was able to demonstrate my genius. So I recreate the entire event. 
and he stops me and says to me, wait a minute, this was at a cocktail party. So this was over cocktails and in cocktail attire. And I said to him, yeah, of course, the cocktail attire and the cocktails, it's a cocktail party. And he kind of raises his eyebrows and leaves it at that. He was definitely skeptical, but it was a smart move not to say any more, and that's probably why I ended up marrying him. So, <laughs> so anyway, my professor and I, we, you know, we need to spend many, many hours together. But I look at my classmates, and they're sort of like using you, you know, hours and hours and hours just to have their names appear in like microscopic print in law journals. And I'm going to be in a table of contents, okay? So we meet in candlelit bars. We meet over dinner in candlelight, dimly lit bars with like beautiful oak interiors. And these were the kind of places that no law student would take me to, and I certainly couldn't afford to go to but I was sophisticated. I was going to be in a table of contents. (laughs) So when our chapter's finally done, um, he says to me, we've been invited to present our chapter at a uh, conference in Chicago. Okay, And he says to me, don't worry, all of our expenses will be covered. And he gives me a copy of my flight reservation. And I ask him about the hotel. And he says to me, you know, don't worry about it, but right now they've only offered us one room, but it's all going to work out. So yeah, even at this moment, there are still no alarm bells for me. (laughs) It all seems okay to me. So about a week before this trip to Chicago, I run into another professor of mine, a woman. And she stops me and says, I just want to make sure everything is okay with, you know, you and this other professor. And I stop and I look at her and I say to her, what do you mean? Of course it is. He loves me. I'm his favorite. And she gives me that same look that my boyfriend had given me and says, I know, that's what I'm referring to. So right there and then, it was like those moments, you know, in the cartoons where like this like giant light bulb appears over the characters. So it was sort of like that, but this was like an energy-saving light bulb that was really slow to go on. (laughs) But now it was like on, and I couldn't ignore it. And I thought... Gosh, the candlelit dinners, the dimly lit bars. Wow, I mean, really, who would put those things together? (laughs) But now, the light bulb, I did. So I was really in a panic. I had to think of a plan that didn't involve me shelling out money for a hotel that I didn't have. I didn't want to sleep in the snow like X. But even worse... I didn't want to tell my boyfriend that he was right to be skeptical. So I called two of my best girlfriends, and I told them about my revelation. Neither one of them were very surprised. (laughs) But it turns out they're very resourceful, and they both had connections in Chicago. So my one friend, T, said that her parents could could meet me at the airport, and I could stay with them for the evening. Now, they lived too far for her dad and mom to come back and forth each day, but my other friend had a cousin that, ne- that lived nearby. So she said that her cousin could pick me up from the hotel and I could stay with her for the remainder of the trip. So I get on the plane with my professor, and he says to me in flight, I have some news. I tried. I really tried my hardest, but they only were able to give us one room, and I think the hotel is fully booked. So I said to him, you know what? Actually, don't worry about it. No reason to worry. I'm going to be staying with family. He then chokes on his scotch. (laughs) And says to me, funny, 
you actually never mentioned that you had family in Chicago. And I thought, funny, you've never once mentioned your wife. (laughs) So I get off the plane, and I have another moment of panic. I actually don't know what my friend's parents look like, right? I've never met them, and I've said that they're my family. So I'm standing with my professor, and I'm looking at a sea of unfamiliar faces, and I'm thinking, gosh, how am I going to figure out who they are, right? But there they are, front and center. T's dad with his wild afro, his bright print shirt, and her mom is tall and dark, very dark-skinned, and their Caribbean accents. (laughs) Excitedly yelling, Erica, Erica, welcome! (laughs) So I can only look at my professor and say they are distant relatives. (laughs) But They pull me in for a tight embrace and whisk me off to dinner, and I play the part of the adopted daughter for the evening. So the next day, T's dad drops me off at the hotel, and there's my professor waiting nervously right by the door. Now, there's a line at the concierge to check bags in, because I'm going to need to leave my bags for the day. The line is a little long, but it's not that long. And he says to me, you know what? Let's take your bags up to my room. And I go, I'm like, what? And before I can even say anything, he grabs them out of my hand and says, it will be much more convenient. And I think, convenient for who? But he's already all the way down the hall and like in the elevator, right? So now my bags are stuck in his room. And I say, well, if I need something for my bag, he says, don't worry, I'll go up to the room with you. So I think, okay, this is really bad because like the light bulb, I I see it now, right? So I need another plan because I have to get my bag out of my room and it can't involve me going with him. So during one of the breaks, I sneak up to his floor and I find a maid that works in the hotel. Now, either I look really, really trustworthy or it could have been the new suit that I bought for this conference, which I regretted having shortened really that short at that moment, but I tell this maid the whole story from the beginning, even down to the suit and how I shouldn't have shortened it so short. (laughs) And she looks at me and laughs and says, baby, you got a lot to learn, but she unlocks the door and cheers for me as I run past her with my bag. So at the end of the day, my professor is shocked to learn that I don't need to go up to his room with him, that my bag is already downstairs at the concierge, and we're both shocked when my relative picking me up today is now 20 years younger, and she has platinum blonde hair and pink skin. So I look at him and say, it's the other side of the family. So next day is the big day, okay? It's the presentation. Now, I might have somehow overstated my role in this presentation because so there's this game show in the U.S. Wheel of Fortune and there's this woman Vanna White and she wears these like slinky low-cut dresses and like turns over these letter tiles on cue so that was actually kind of just my role in this I was going to wear my very short suit and I was going to press the clicker on his cue and he says to me we need to rehearse so we go and find one conference room and it's empty but he says it's much too crowded we find another one he says it's too loud it's also empty and he decides the only way we can rehearse is in his room so here I am again I'm now in his room and then he decides you know he can't really see his computer screen there's a glare there's no glare there's no sunlight really but he decides he has to lower the blinds and he tells me to make myself comfortable and points to the only place there is to sit in the room the bed Well, that is not going to happen. He excuses himself to use the bathroom, and I half expect music to be piped in in an offer of a nightcap. (laughs) 
but I need my plan of escape fast. Now, before I left that conference room, I knew this was going to happen, and I had left the set of cue cards purposely on one of the tables. So when he comes out of the bathroom, you know, he comes over to me and says to me, okay, ready? And I think ready is a really open-ended question, but whatever he's ready for, I am not. (laughs) So I say to him, the cue cards, we need the cue cards. And he starts to pat his pockets, kind of frantically. And I say, oh, I accidentally left them downstairs. I'll go get them right now. And he then looks at his watch and grumbles and says, you know what, there's no time for that now. Just forget it. We'll both go downstairs. So in the end, the presentation went pretty well, but I was brilliant in the game of cat and mouse. (laughs) I escaped with my dignity intact, saw my name in print, got an A in my class, and definitely can say that I learned something in law school. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. We would also like to thank our unsung hero of this story, Sheridan, who curated and directed our February 2018 show, We appreciate all your work. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. If you want to know more about learning to tell great stories, our upcoming shows, or the Spoken Word Festival in May, you can visit us on hongkongstories.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell your friends. We publish new stories every Wednesday. May your week be filled with sweet silences, funny jokes, and an unexpected treat. (laughs) 